ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the Lake to Lake soccer special. No Jordan Lorenz today. I'm Drew Skyberg, and I'm joined by some great individuals to help recap the great Lake to Lake soccer season. So today I'm joined by Noah Bratz of Noah's Nonsense. Noah, how are you doing today? Good, good. I'm wearing, um, I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm wearing some uh, Cookie no, Monster socks. We don't want to hear about your socks. I know, that yeah. was it. That was the and end of the sentence. The other guest today is Graham Stahl, also from Valders. How are you doing, Graham? Well, I'm doing pretty good. First time on podcast. I'm a newcomer to the scene. Might be a little nervous. We'll get those, we'll get that anxiety out of the way. And yeah, so these boys, they both were, they both were juniors this past year. They both play like, like soccer. Noah played some defense midfielder forward. He's a jack of all traits. And you could say that about Graham as well. So they both were great players. You know, Noah scored a goal this year, which we'll get into later. But um, yeah, it was a great season. And we're going to get into it right away about what Lake to Lake soccer is. So Lake to Lake soccer, it's a local club soccer league in Wisconsin. And it consists of four teams in the Northeast Wisconsin area. Brilliant. Chilton. Mantwalk Lutheran and Valders. And the reason it's called Lake to Lake, I don't know if you guys knew this. It's the teams that really lie between Lake Michigan and Lake Winnebago. So that's kind of where the Lake to Lake got the name. And the league, it gains popularity mainly due to not all schools having a boys soccer season in fall. So like the, the schools I previously mentioned, like Valders, Mantwalk Lutheran, Brilliant and Chilton, they don't really offer a fall soccer season for varsity. So it ends up being, they do a spring club season, which is co-ed. So that's kind of how it works. And I don't know what you boys think, but like this year, it really wasn't as co-ed as it usually is. What what'd you guys think? Nope. Um, so yeah, when you say co-ed, I'm assuming you meant boys and girls. Yes. There. Okay. Yep. Um, this year there was about, I'd say 15 boys, give or take. I can't count right now. And then we had two girls and normally in years past, it was more like, 10 boys to five girls, you know, there was a little bit more even, whereas this year was not. But um, some of our girls uh, previous years went on to the girls' um, women's team instead. So that is fair. Yeah, and Graham, you, you kind of agree with that too? Yeah, most of the times in uh, Ed Valders, at least, you get the girls. The girls want to play soccer. They join the varsity team. The boys want to play soccer. They join the Lake to Lake. Until we really push for the having a boys varsity team there I don't know there's been talks about bringing it up to our uh, principal and everything trying to get just a more coercive like league for uh, the guys at Valders yeah and I, I think that'd be a great idea and I think the main reason it really hasn't is because we'll talk about it, like years past there's been guys like Cody Meyer Trevor Wenzel and like really cross-country players and if they had a fall soccer season and then they'd have that ability to play soccer the cross country team would be losing a lot of players. And I don't think, I don't think that would sit well with a lot of, a lot of families, a lot of parents. So from, from the time being, I'm not, I'm not sure about a fall soccer season, but I, I would totally support it for you boys next year, but we'll see. And then the next thing we got, we got to talk about the grades and how it's grouped. So it's for like, it starts really in first grade and you can play up to your senior year and they group it by first and second, third and fourth, fifth and sixth, seventh and eighth, and then ninth and twelve nine. So like your freshman year, 
to your senior year. So that's a big four year grouping. And that's what all three of us fall into. So, I mean, I, I think that's a good way to group it. And I just, some of the rules that they have at the younger levels are like kind of confusing. Cause they kind of like, like, for example, did you guys know, like you get, there's no goalie anymore in the first and second grade level and you can't use your head. Like you guys knew about that. Yeah. yeah I've, I've yeah. heard about that. Do you guys think it's a good idea to not have a goalie that young? Like, or what do you guys think? I mean, I, I joined soccer fourth grade year, so I didn't play those years. Um, I kind of get why, because the field is small and like the concept maybe for the kids so young, like to understand that they can't touch the ball. I think that that's part of it. And like, well, if you can touch it. Why can't I touch it philosophy? But I, I am not the uh, expert on this. Mr. Stahl, I know you are a fellow soccer expert. Yeah, I've, I can say like, I haven't played soccer a couple of years. I think I can have a pretty good opinion on this. So basically what I think the goal is, is that like, um, well, like really the kids that play at that level, that like they get more active and that one isn't just standing there and really it's not as like competitive as some of the higher leagues get up to. So I think that's what they're really trying to achieve with that. Yeah. And I think like, I guess you, you bring up a good point. It's kind of like in basketball, you're not going to play, you're not going to play zone defense in for with first and second graders. Cause you're not going to, you want to teach the fundamentals of good man to man defense. And I think that's kind of what the idea of the goalie, you're not going to have a goalie sit back in a small, small soccer field. You're going to, you're going to want to play defense, learn how to pl- play defender. And, and I think, I guess, I guess I think it's, it's a good, it's a good idea. It's good rule changes, but like, I, I just thought that was awfully different. Cause I don't, I remember when I was that young, I recall them having a goalie and I recall being able to like, use your head. Um, and just like that, that stuff just changed. I, I think even like five, six years ago, but I, I guess it's good. Teach some fundamentals. And then also for the schedules I want to talk about. So we mentioned the three other teams is Mantua Lutheran, Brilliant and Chilton. And we're Valors, so you usually play. It's a basic schedule. It usually consists of six games, and it's two games against each opponent. Usually one game home, one game away. But, like, as we know, this year we got stuck playing at Lutheran twice. What did you guys think about that? Disgusting, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I, I totally um, 100% agree with every statement that has been said so far. Um, their field is, first of all, very tiny. Um, I believe it's middle school field size. I even a bit smaller, honestly. And um, it's literally right next to the ponds, like a duck pond or geese pond, whatever you want to call her. So like last time we played, there's geese poop everywhere on the field. And first of all, I mean, I never had the ball be kicked out on the other side of the field where it is a heavy street where everyone's going (laughs) at least 35 miles per hour. So, I mean, I haven't seen a ball go over there, but I've definitely seen balls go in the water. And it's just like a really crappy tiny field that i despise yeah i think that's a fair way to put it noah and for this year i thought i'm just going to talk about this year um i thought it was very competitive and as a year in a whole and i think there's a lot of drama this year between coaches players and even parents and i thought there was times this year where it got heated and i don't know if you guys thought that too for being a club soccer league i mean we had some moments this year we saw from other teams' parents, other teams' actions, um, where it got heated this year. What'd you guys think? 
No, I'll, I'll let you go first on this one. Um, I out of all my years playing soccer, I believe because COVID killed the year, so like this would be my sixth year. I have never in my lifetime seen such poor sportsmanlike conduct in general for like all sports and events I've been to. Well, there's this pretty good about sportsmanship and like surrounding schools. I never like had a problem with, but like some of the the sh- the stuff that went down was aggressive and like unnecessary. Um, I'm gonna mention one of my friends, Wenzel, first year soccer. By the way, give it up for him. Um, <laughs> he he was chilling. He's our he was our goalie um, this year, uh, one of our many goalies. But he was he was just chilling, and I mean he he did talk, but like he it wasn't like mean or aggressive. You know, he's just kind of having fun. You know, just just relax. You know, like come on team. You know, nothing nothing crazy. And I just remember this, like, um, he was on the sidelines, or not on the sidelines, but on the other side of the box. And, like, I don't know, his parent and him just got into it. And, he, and I trust him when he said he, he didn't say anything, he didn't start anything, because he was asking the ref about a call and the parent overheard type situation. And this woman just went off at him. He's like, I'm just trying to explain what happened. I'm not the expert here. And I was just like, I've never had such parent player like aggression towards one another or even to the rest in general this year which i thought was completely whack i've never had anyone like argue with the ref like i've heard some swear words at the refs i just had i've heard some disturbing things it's just it was not a pleasant year for sportsmanship in my eyes no not at all graham what do you think yeah um personally i don't know that story with uh our first year soccer player mason that story just the way they explained it the way he explained it, it really doesn't sound like something he'd do. Like, the way that he came at a parent like that, that just, I don't know, that really didn't sit right with me. And, yeah, it was, for a lake-to-lake soccer league, this has been some of the most drama I think we've ever had in one of these. And, yeah, just a recreational league, I don't know, there's no kind of place for that. And I don't know if we bring out the worst in people or what, but, it was the games we started winning too. That's when stuff started got really heated. Yeah, I agree. I, I think know. when I think when games started being won, I thought a lot of other teams like they start playing more aggressive. And I mean, you see it in other sports, you see it in football, you see it in basketball. It starts getting a little chippy, and I think that's what happened this year. Which we had some awfully competitive games, and I think I think when you have competitive games, I think there's some chippiness involved, and that's what that's exactly what we saw. So we're gonna go transition now into. We're going to preview kind of like this, this 2021 year that we just experienced. So like uh, Noah mentioned, there was no soccer in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So like my, as my junior year, these guys in sophomore year was just wiped away due to, due to COVID. So that was a bummer. But another interesting fact that I want to point out is each year that I played to like these last three years, we've had different coaches. So like my freshman year, the 20, 2017 year, 2018 or 2018 year my bad and we had john all as a coach jared all's dad shout out if you're listening and my <laughs> my sophomore year then so you guys is your freshman year we had rebecca hansen as a coach and then she was gone um noah graham what did you think of rebecca hansen as a coach like her <laughs> miss hansen she did not care i yeah, think I, I think he's a pretty good coach I think Rebecca, I think um, with her, um, the one thing I, I mean, she's known for, she's always known for equal playing time. She was an advocate of that. And that that's something that, that I didn't really necessarily agree with, but I thought 
overall, I mean, she ran practices fairly well. Noah, any thoughts? Um, I mean, I I don't I I excuse me. Um, the only thing I remember from <laughs> Rebecca Hansen, I just I don't remember a lot of fundamentals being taught. I remember it more being like a fun practice. Maybe this is just me and the fond memories I remember. I I don't remember a lot of fundamentals or like just things like practicing on working on our game. I just remember doing a lot of fun things. I might be totally whack and we did other things. And I just don't recall those memories, but I mean, I thought she was really nice. I mean, I'm fine with the equal playing time, whatnot. I mean, I sit on the bench quite a bit. So, you know, nice to step everyone, you know, get on, get out on there. Right. So, yeah. And yeah, going on the advocate for equal playing time. Like I, I'm not against equal playing time, but like the coaches we had this year, I think Ben and Susie young, which we'll talk about. I think they did a phenomenal job this year with really trying to balance the whole idea of playing to win, but also trying to give as much equal playing time as possible. I think they did a great job on that. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think, well, like most players on our team, they've always had their moments to go out there and shine and do what they do. But like when you advocate for equal playing time like that, yeah, it's always a balance, like trying to get everybody to play the game and also still being able to win. It's yeah. just you can't please everybody with it. And I think she did also. Ben and Susie did a good job with getting you guys, you seniors, to stay in the game longer and be able to, I don't know, finish out your season with sort of like a bang like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that was very nice to them. Like the last two or three games, I was able to actually play the full 90 minutes, which was fun. And you talking about seniors, this 2021 year upcoming into it, we only had three seniors and that's, that's like historically low. And there's a lot of juniors and sophomores though, and not that many freshmen at all. And like coming from these past two years, cause like we lost the whole year. So like that senior class, but that wasn't that big, the senior class of 2020, not really involved in soccer, but like this year we lost Michael Gassese, Elsa Peter. We lost Christian Romo. There's other key players that was, that were lost from that team. Ben Young was lost from that team. He played our coach we mentioned. So just a lot of turnaround and this roster looked completely different than it did two years ago. So that was interesting to see. And now I really, I want to get into this year and we have a special guest to talk about this year. We have head coach Ben (laughs) Young on here to discuss everything about this up or this past year. And Ben, we all want to congratulate you on a successful season as your first year head coach. We thought you and Susie did a phenomenal job. And I'm happy and I'm hopeful to see how you guys do in years to come. So, Ben, take it away. Yeah, yeah. uh, Thanks. Uh, You know, for our first year, probably starting off, I feel like, you know, we did uh, pretty good as well. And uh, going off like what you said a little bit earlier about the whole senior deal, I think a lot of that was for the COVID. A lot of people just because if I remember the list correctly, because we, me and Susie Young, my mother, signed up for coaches last year before it got canceled. And I believe, I do believe the list was quite bigger than what it was this year. But even though this year we still had a lot of, a lot of turnaround for kids. And I think all, all of them that came, came and played really did enjoy it and uh, liked this season a lot. Somewhere, you know, somewhere where on that field you don't really have to have something protecting it because you're always so far away from each other. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I think with COVID, I think um, all right, I, I think that you should be able to have the spacing and stuff. And I, I'm glad we didn't have to wear masks. I think that was a plus because imagine playing in that hot Mantua Lutheran sun with a mask. That would have been greasy. 
What do you guys yeah. think? That was like, oh. Yeah, having a mask that that was what that one game we played that was just about a hundred degrees. That was bad, and that's one of the pluses about soccer though too, because you're not always around everybody, and kind of just eliminates the need for masks. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ben, so I'm gonna ask about your first year. So, did you really enjoy coaching? Like, what was your favorite part? Uh gosh, the favorite part. Um. Yeah, you know, I think as I me mean, as a coach compared to other ones, it's a little bit different because I'm literally not that much older than a lot of the people playing. So I know uh, roughly, you know, like, oh, some kids are going to have to, you know, some kids are going to be able to run. Some aren't going to be able to run. Uh, some have track, some have other sports, you know, all that other stuff. So I feel like the greatest part I really liked is that I was able to, you know, kind of say and connect with everyone like, Oh, hey, all right, you need to do your homework. You got some tests. All right, head on out. Head on out early from practice. Or, hey, you got a uh, track meet off today. All right, I won't see you today. That's fine. Go have, have fun at it. So I feel, I feel like, yeah, definitely the best part for me was I was able to say, able to be kind of that bridging point from you guys and from you guys to like an adult, basically. Yeah, and I, I think playing with us, because you played with everyone in, in here right now for like two years ago. I think that that also helped. I played with you even for two years. So I think just having that connection as playing with you as a player and also having you as a coach, I think that just really helped that bridge like connect. So yeah. also, yeah. And so we're going to talk about also now some like game recaps and Ben, do you want to talk? We'll talk about April 24th, 2021, which was the infamous prom game at home against Brilliant. Uh, we were missing multiple players. The reason I say it's infamous is because multiple players like myself, um, Seth, Mason, Bryce, we were not all able to make it due to prom. Luckily, Noah and Graham, you guys were able to be there. So I'll kind of let you guys talk about that game because I I wasn't there. So take it away, Noah. Oh, I should have pulled up the schedule. Uh, was that the Chilton game, correct? Nope, nope. it was the Brilliant. Brilliant. One o'clock at home against Brilliant, a four to three loss. Okay. Four to three loss. I honestly, you shouldn't have picked me at. That's the one game I don't remember at all. Like, I just remember I was there, showed up. No, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. My memory is so fuzzy. Like, I can't, okay. I have key, five key memories, and that was not one of them. Mr. No, Young, no. Graham? Yeah. That was the, that was the game where we got gypped a goal and oh. they got an extra goal. Oh, the, the, nah. I don't know, the yeah, the whole thing was kind of dumb. Oh, the okay. I, I, yeah, that game. Okay. I remember it. We were playing brilliant now. Yep. And the brilliant team kicked the ball and it hit the top. Um, oh my god, crossbar. Oh. And it, and it hit at like it was like a 45 degree bounce out. So it should have not been a goal. But I respect the rest calling because you know that's what we do here. And they said it was a goal because it hit the bottom of it. So technically it should have like bounced in or, or whatever the ruling was. But I thought we got chipped the goal, but I obviously respected the ref, and uh, we continued on. Uh, ben, what did you think about the call? Uh, you know, also, besides just being a coach and a player, and some years that I did play, I also ref. So I know the hardship of some of those. Some of those are hard to call, you know. You don't have some binoculars looking down the other side trying to see. You're trying to make the best call you can, especially I know this year they definitely kind of made – or I believe it was last year, but it was just implemented within uh, this year's. So is kind of them defining more of that uh, out of bounds and in goals. Like 
the ball has to be fully over that uh, side, the sideline to be out of bounds. Where other years, if it was close enough, you know, a lot of people would call it. And, uh, you know, these years for like a goal is that if it's anywhere near that line, that's close. If it's touching that line, they'll, they will generally call that as a uh, goal there. But, um, yeah, no, I, uh, from our view, yeah, it doesn't look, didn't look like it. Maybe the side ref, side, you never know, the side ref was new. Maybe just couldn't put the flag up or something and just say, oh, hey, I didn't really see it go out, but uh, I'll go with uh, whatever the heck you're calling to like the center ref. You know, it's all still learning experiences for all of them as well. So, and um, although that bounced down and in for our goal because it hit the crossbar and bounced straight down and a little bit back because you could see it in behind the net. It should have counted, but it's, eh, there's nothing much you can do about it now. I also remember the teams, the lot you were at prom. I believe we only had three extra, three people to sub in. Wow. So we were down a bit, but we still had some people. Yeah, and I, I'll just say this right away. I think that game, I think our that May 15th date, which was our next game against Brilliant, I think everyone had that circled on their calendars. They were ready to take Brilliant again because we, we really want to beat Brilliant. That's one of our rivalry games. It's always been like that. And yeah, we'll talk about that game May 15th. But first, we got to talk about the night game, 7 p.m. at Stockbridge versus Chilton FC, May 1st, 2021. A 3-3 three to three tie. Oh, Graham, what was your favorite moment from this game? Yeah, this is just a different feeling. You got that however long it was. It was probably like a good little over an hour drive for me to get all the way to Stockbridge. And then just driving all that way, just having that chip on your shoulder the whole way there going against the Chilton team. I don't know. It's just a whole different feeling playing under the lights. Yeah, I I think with having the scoreboard and just the atmosphere, it felt like it actually felt like a boys varsity high school game, like an actual like or like high school level. Like, I mean, of course, we're in the high school level, but it actually felt like a school sport, you know, and Noah, you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I don't want to like hit on how cool under the lights was, but I don't care if we would have won or lost that game or what what would have went down. Under the lights is one of the greatest feelings in a sport I have ever participated in. It was it, it really did feel like a real sport. It felt like we finally got acknowledged after all these years of being a club sport. You know, I literally felt like a varsity player. You know, it felt great. It was awesome. It was so nice. So I just I'll never forget that. It was beautiful. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. I think the one bitter thing was ending a tie. I, I hate ending in ties, especially in like, like I wish we could have did PKs, but uh, that's a bummer. But we right now, this Valders team, right now, we are at 0-1-1. So we have one loss and one tie. So that was interesting. And then now going, we you would think we would play on May 8th because we play every Saturday, but no. Mantwalk Luther, Lutheran contacts Ben and Susie Young, and they demand the game get moved to Wednesday at 6 p.m. because they had prom Saturday. Even though we played through our prom, we went to Lutheran Wednesday at 6 p.m. We went to the Goose Poop Field, and we played a game at Lutheran. And let me just tell you, I'll give a little hint. This game was nominated for worst game of the year, and we lost 3-1. to one. It was the Vikings. It was, I will call us ourselves the Vikings. It was our worst loss of the season. We lost three to one, like I said, and it was just a bad. It was just a bad game overall. Ben, what what do you think about it? Uh, um, well, Lutheran. I don't want to say this. Yeah, um, kind of basically. I think playing wise, it wasn't 
for us personally, playing wise, we were pretty good. We were doing fine on that in the end and whatnot. Yeah, Lutheran has some rough history throughout all uh, roughness within the soccer league. Within, like, not just us, but other teams talking about it as well, too. But, you know, you can't blame them too much because when you're on that field in the heat of the moment, you just are working with that ball. You don't know what the heck the rest of your body is doing. But, again, some of those calls, I, I, I would just strongly disagree with some of those calls, and that's about all the rest I got to say for that game. Yeah, and I, I agree. Like, that older gentleman was roughing the game. I'm not sure if he should have still been officiating. I mean, in the nicest way possible, but it's just there's some interesting calls. Graham Stahl, actually, he's with us today. <laughs> he actually almost got a yellow card that game. Which, Graham, you, know, you want to talk about that? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, Manitowoc Lutheran kids. I don't know. You you tap them a couple of times and they'll, they'll fall right over. It's, it's hard to deal with. And I think we were playing with too much of our emotion, using our bodies too much. And the refs definitely saw that. Other than that, finishing, I remember quite vividly was a problem for us that game. Even when we play them later in the season, finishing has always been a problem with us. Um, Noah, I'm sure you know a lot about that, but I think I know yeah, where this yeah. is going. <laughs> Noah, I how think, do you respond to that? Uh, so, you know, some of us are inadequate on the field and in life. And um, I'm sorry for – I've had a lot of missed opportunities throughout my whole season, my whole soccer career. Some of them unexcusable. Some you could, like, be like, okay, Noah, get it next time. But I don't remember how many goals I would have had this whole season if I just could have connected the foot with my ball – or used any part of my body to put it in the goal. It's just, I, I know, I know on, we talked about it before Drew and I, and kind of in general with everybody on the team that our goal this year is to get me a goal. And I kind of let the team down and that, and I'm, I mean, I'm sad, Drew. I really am that I put you through that. And all I can say is better luck next time. But sometimes that just doesn't cut what, what you had, what you, what you witnessed. Like I could see like your facial expression, and you're like, Noah. And like, sometimes you didn't say, you just looked down on the ground so sad. <laughs> and then there's times in practice where we were just scrimmaging us and I miss. And I just see Drew coming running after me. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, Drew. And I just run and run. And I'm just, I can't, I can't say how disappointed I am. Like the words do not express such disappointment I felt on the field. Well, Noah, I'll, I'll come to some of your games next year and I'll be rooting for you just to score that. That goal, that goal we've been waiting for for so long, and I hope we will, you will. But this Valor's team right now is oh one and two, and this was a team that we thought coming in was gonna like was gonna be do very well. We thought they were gonna, I don't know. I thought us as a team, I thought we had a chance to go like five two six and one. I thought we were gonna be a very good team this year, and we start like that, and just something happened because. Like May 15th, 2021 was the first game where we ever things just started to click, just chemistry improved, you know, just communication improved. And there was a game one o'clock at home against Brilliant and a three, three, nothing win. Uh, the first shutout done by the Viking defense. And it just was overall a great game offensively, defensively. Ben, you agree with that? I think it was good. Great, great game. Yeah, sorry. I this was about that uh, the last game we were talking about before that. I just remembered the uh, statistics because the other coach kind of kept it down on fouls wise. It was eighteen fouls on us with uh, two for them. 
So if that says anything about that game, the May fifth game, we had eighteen yeah. fouls. Yeah, yeah. Holy smoke! I, I would say about six of them were true. True. I like as a person that would, if I was rest in this game, I'd say, all right, yeah, eight of those I can, or six of those I can see for us. Oh yeah. The other ones, yeah, it was their judgment. But on to this upcoming uh, game, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a lot of you guys just seemed to click uh, all in what you were doing. You know, we had a lot of practice because, you know, like unlike other coaches too, I asked you guys, oh, hey, where do you like playing? Where do you want to play right now? All right. Because I know, hey, you want to be running off off on defense or running off on offense. And all suddenly the the coach throws you on defense and you're just kind of sitting there while offense plays with the ball. Uh, yeah, I know that could be, you know, some people don't like that. So I think as you know, time go on, a lot of people got to practice within those those uh, places that they like. You know, all those people got to really be and hone in on their skills. And we finally started instead of playing, you know, one ball and shooting it. It's kind of the hey, the team's still there and the team can help me out. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think this was a this was the first game that just really just got the got us going. And the next next week it was May twenty second. There was a one o'clock game at home against Chilton and Graham Stahl calls this game, the Chilton massacre. And there is a reason why (laughs) an eight, nothing dub for Valders over Chilton FC. This might've been the greatest, the greatest game we played this year. And Graham, why do you call it the Chilton massacre? Yeah, this one, this one felt good. Chilton massacre. Well, we call it the Chilton massacre because it was an eight Oh win. And I don't know, it doesn't get, it doesn't get much worse than that. Chilton team, it's usually pretty renowned for having, you know, some some decent players at best. And just to have them go 8-0 and something like this after we've been getting losses and ties the entire season, they that couldn't have felt too good for them. No, I, I, I agree. And Noah, what did you think of being part of the 8-0 dub? I, I felt great. And it – I've never in my soccer career, I've never seen us score eight zero in my entire life. I'm not, I think the highest I've seen is like five zero. So like that just was like our, our high score. And I was, I was honored to be a part of it, even though I was not on offense. I believe it was this game. Coach, coach young over here. He put me on defense, you know, and you know how, you know, it's funny when he's talking about two minutes ago, honing, honing down our skills on uh, I prefer offense, obviously, but I still can't. I struggle, you know, making the goals, but you know, it's like, no, you're on defense. I'm like, yes, coach young. And, and I go out there and that was the best game. I, I would personally say I've ever played and I, I don't care for defense. Um, I had a def- I did some definite good plays. I'd say, I remember I was going, um, there was a Chilton guy probably had a two feet on me, like all the other players do. And he's coming down. I remember, um, he, I charged him. This was the risky play. But I got the ball. So I remember it's, that, no. Yes, yeah, it's, all, it's all good and dandy. I remember. <laughs> so, yeah, I just ran down the field a little bit, got a little risky biscuits. We got the ball. It's, it's, all, it's all good and dandy. I stopped them. And then I remember the other play, there's a Chilton guy that got passed. He was running. Um, the ball was too – it was uh, out of his reach, for say. He, the, the right defender kicked it too far to the forward. And as he was running, we are close. I remember because we were running down the field at this point trying to chase this ball. I remember I took my right foot. And um, I, it, if you know play soccer, you know this going. And I pulled the ball backwards. This guy's just going another 10 feet, lost in the wind, doesn't know where the ball is. I turn around, I dribble up a bit, kick it down the field. 
that was probably my um, best, like two plays in my entire soccer career right there. So yeah. I, that felt pretty great. And I, I agree that we, the, the Vikings defense, I mean, this is, this was our defense, a second straight shutout. The offense was clicking too. This was just a true great game. I mean, we score eight, eight goals. You give up none. Just, you can pat both team or the offense and the defense on the back at, for a performance like that. And now the Vikings team right now, they were split right in the middle, two wins, two losses, and one tie. So the next game then was on a Tuesday. Brilliant wanted to play us again after they had a sour taste from a 3 nothing loss in their mouth. So they wanted to schedule a game June 1st, 2021. It was a Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. at Brilliant. And this game was known as the D-team game by some people. And the reason being was because we were down a lot of players and a lot of Feeler, feeler players jokingly called the D team was present and they played like the A team that night. And I, I was there, Noah, you were there, Graham, you were there, Ben, you were there coaching, of course. And yeah. I don't think we were the D team that night. I think we were the A team. What do you think, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, so they didn't poke in on that last one, but, uh, how you said coming into this, you know, how they, uh, really wanted to play us and whatnot. Again, that's also how Chilton, after that whole uh, 8 0 nothing, their coach came on over and was like, oh, heck yeah, we want to play you again. Sadly, we couldn't get up in communication again to find out a time to get you guys to play. But yeah, I think both of the coaches wise were uh, pretty good. But on that, on just that day, I don't know. A lot of, a lot of the people, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people were just really, really playing good that day. I, I couldn't tell you if it was just in the water or something, but. Morales were high and they were, they were uh, running that ball down. Even those that I had up there that maybe w- weren't runners, like a lot of um, the people that did like track across country that, you know, were out there and they were running, they were going, they were pushing themselves this game. And I think after definitely that AO, it kind of raised a whole bunch, of, like raises everyone's spirits. So we definitely ended the year strong after that, basically. Yeah. And, like a four nothing. That's a third straight shot out by the defense. The offense put up four goals and I don't know. I, th- I think that was just overall great game and got a little chippy in that game too. That was where Graham and Noah both mentioned the like incident with, um, well, it was with Mason and um, this is where the, it was the other kids kind of revenge game. I don't know if you guys want to talk about kind of what happened mm-hmm. there. Graham. No. Well, yeah, I think it was – was it brilliant that said they were going to start attacking our offense? Yeah, I guess uh, there's a whole yeah. backstory with this game. It was it was a chippy game, and uh, Graham, if you want to touch on yeah, that. No, once I'll... again, just everybody playing with their emotions instead of their heads. And, yeah, I think, like, I don't know. I remember this game in particular. It was like when – like it being June and everything, like the warm temperatures really starting to take effect on us. I think we only had like two or three subs, something like that, that game. So like our passing really shined this game because you can't be running up and down the field like that for very long. So passes really came into effect here. And yeah, another memory I have of this game, just there's that, the one senior on Brilliant too, just everybody playing with their heads, getting hot. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. Noah, do you have any any thoughts about this game? Anything that um, stood out to you? Yeah, there's okay. There's one thing I forgot to mention. The first brilliant game where Drew was not present that prom game. 
start fire season. I know a brat. I'm about five eight. If you round up that half inch, <laughs> and I'm not even kidding you. I'm I'm gonna call him out. It was number twenty six, and he had a foot on me at least, and I weigh approximately one hundred and thirty pounds, give or take. And I was, I. I was just running down the field or sing. I was not doing anything. I did not have the ball or anything. This was the first game we played just to clarify. And I literally got decked. I literally got plowed like a pile of <laughs> snow in Wisconsin. I just got plowed. Didn't guy didn't get a card or anything. I got decked. We did get the ball. So I'm not going to complain, but I got decked on the ground. I did not have the ball. I was not going for the ball. I think I was walking back to the other side of the field. Cause I believe I was left forward or maybe I was right defense. Either way, I, was, I wasn't doing anything to help the team at this point, and the guy decked me. So I was a little salty about that to this day. I wish I would have slide tackled him, but uh, we uh, keep it uh, relaxed and you know, cool, calm, and collect. But yes. uh, we're good. We're good. Um, and then the last brilliant game, um, I remember that other coach came over and said, uh, we don't want any fighting, any, any nonsense, or any, any trash talk, and if you hear it, tell your coach, tell your ref. And I didn't really hear much, only a couple players. And I told coach, cause I'm like, we don't stand for that here. And I think it got resolved. I thought it was a pretty clean game overall. I'd say it's pretty good. I uh, just want to clarify that that wasn't the other coach. That was the brilliance whole sport, the head of their sports district. That's who uh, she was. And Ooh. she actually used to go to Valor's. So that's how everything easily just spread across both planes of, uh, talking to each other and yeah uh but in that game though having we had again only two people on off the whole time trying to keep you guys switched in right trying to say all right if we need to boom there's water bottles on the line here on the uh, offline here to chuck it in because i know at least i have played at games where there's only been one sub and it's been 80 degrees out so i i know how rough that can be on some people and whatnot but i think that game was really really won by our goalies in defense that one is um running it down there and uh getting some really good saves uh that um if i'm not mistaken it was this game that got uh maggie her second penalty shot that she stopped yep so she's out of two penalty shots i think the other one was in our eight no game that she blocked i believe and then even out of the two of those having two penalty shots on herself and she caught them both just with ease it was great oh and then she also got full control of it after because no one moved after the kid took a penalty shot. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it all worked out really nicely. I think running for uh, how it all went out with the amount of people we had, yeah, I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah, and now at this point, the Vikings team, we were we ended up going over 500. We were at three wins, two losses, one tie. So that was a plus as well. And with one more game left, uh, four days of rest, they are, we had a game June 5th, 2021, three o'clock at Mantuak Lutheran. And we had such a sour taste in our mouth from that embarrassing three to one loss at, at Lutheran, which I wasn't a fan of And May 5th. That was May 5th. It's only now one month later. We play them again at three o'clock. And I just thought this was such a great game. We started down to nothing. We played, we played quarters actually this game, which I thought was nice with the heat. And we started down two nothing, and then the second half we we scored three straight, three four straight, and then they scored, and then our fifth goal was something special. Do you guys remember what happened for our fifth goal? Um, 
I, I could talk about it. I was kind of part of it. I got the assist, I would say. No, I'd, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, the assist. I told man. you what to do. <laughs> ahead, literally walk you through step by step. I'm not going to lie. I, um, Zeke, Zeke approaches me because I, was, I got the ball to the center after it was kicked to me. You know what I mean? And he's talking to me. He has his hand. He's going like the play. I'm not going to lie. I had him repeat it at least three times. I'm like, <laughs> so all I do is just touch the ball, but don't move it too much. Like, keep it as still as possible. He's like, that's all I do. Don't move it. I'm going to go kick the goal because the goalie was playing so far up at the edge of his box. And uh, as you can see, when Zeke, after I jumped over it very gracefully, I did move it about three inches uphill for the most prime spot. Zeke comes in, hits the ball, perfect up and over the goalie set into the goal, making that our fifth goal. I got the assist. Now, Zeke definitely did a much a lot of work scoring that. That was wonderful i was so proud to get that assist for him you know i really didn't do much but it was it was an honor so. yep. Ben, do you have any thoughts from this game yeah yeah like that that shot i think it's another also in that game is also uh some of the uh topics of noah almost getting goals uh trying to tell you know as a coach you know you're saying what you see is different from what the players see so i'm like i'm seeing you know, it was uh, Elias getting up left side of the field, and I'm telling Noah get into that goal or something. You know, I see that, but you know, maybe you on the field or people in the field don't see that. But I did. I didn't. Again, didn't. Yeah, this was all on Zeke here. This was his great plan because I noticed. Yeah, the goalie sat forward, but I didn't think of much of saying, "Hey, we could hit a shot from half field right into that goal." And that that's also, luckily for myself, that's a reason I drilled into our two goalies as well to our uh, new goalie Mason and to the one that has played before in goalie Maggie that um stay rough, you know, stay roughly a little bit back farther in that box until ball is kicked off. And after that, as if it's going forward, you can come up more. But again, even right there, I feel like their goalie, he was still a pretty good goalie. I can't lie on that. He was still a really good goalie, but even on that, he, he learned that lesson. And you could see on our neck, literally the next kick, he was sitting way closer to the goal so he could get that ball in a great and timely manner. Um, I think after that, it was our morale was just going high, and we kept going. I also think the fact that it ended up like last game, last time we faced uh, Lutheran is because I feel like the wave of what was happening with uh, Brilliant kind of hit all the teams. Uh, so kind of be told, hey, what we're watching you now, basically. And I feel like that really helped to make everything even. I think any of those call, all those calls on there were well played. I think all those calls were great, and it seemed really good. Also, yeah, that quarter is the first time we had anything like that. It was 97 degrees out, and there was no shade, oh no hiding, no nothing. So playing in those quarters and having the extra waters, I think we had, like, the popsicles and grapes and whatnot for just anything, time to refresh. Uh, I think it really worked out uh, really nicely for how it came out. Yeah, and Graham, do you have any favorite moments from that, that game? Want to talk about favorite moments? Yeah, favorite moment. Um, what do you got? It's honestly got to be that goalie absolutely lost his job after that kick from Zeke. (laughs) You almost got to be wondering just what he's thinking to allow something like that to happen. Because I don't know. I'd never let something like that happen. Yeah. That's for sure. Got to be something embarrassing. Um, This game was very sad for me because it actually was my last game end up being. So I was very sad. I'm going to miss soccer, you know put in my last four years of high school and it's just sad to see it end like that so that was a bummer um 
then to finish. So we had, we ended up finishing the season with 27 goals scored and 10 goals allowed to finish with a plus 17 goal differential. And we finished with four wins, a four game win streak to end the year, one loss, or my apologies, one tie and two losses. So we finished four wins, two losses, one tie. And that was just a sad way to end. Now to the favorite, my favorite part of the show, the award ceremony. So we have a bunch of awards to give out. The players voted and we have a Lake to Lake soccer awards show ballot that I was sent out and I was eagerly requesting and demanding kids to vote. And we got 15 votes. So we got a good chunk of the team here and I can't wait to recognize some players for some great moments and just for some great players this year. So we'll get right into it. The first award is best moment. And the nominees are Bryce Hulkstor receiving a yellow card from Mr. Brandel. Ezekiel Sipple pulls and successfully scores from midfield, assisted by Noah Bratz. Graham Stahl receives warning from the Mantuak Lutheran referee and constantly beating up Cameron Grassi, which is awfully interesting. Uh, Noah Bratz scoring his first ever goal against the girls varsity soccer team. Graham and Noah, who do you guys think wins this award? I mean, no, that's yeah, that's I'm a pretty, big deal. Yeah, personally, I would hope me, but that's a little selfish. I think the girls varsity moment is just more important to me. So I would hope it win, but I can't, uh, I can't say that is the most important. So the winner is I do. I do think that Graham beating up Cameron Grassi. I think that just really brought the team together. So I think that was really, which we'll get into a later award about that. But I think Graham doing that, I really thought that brought the team closer together. So I thought that was important. <laughs> and also Noah's scoring, having him in our, on, like just lifted carry, lifting him up after he scored the goal was just such a great moment. But the winner of this award is Ezekiel Sippel for pulling for pulling and successfully scoring from midfield, assisting by Noah Bratz. I think that was the best moment. All right, I'm saying yeah. telling you that award what or that moment was the award. So yeah, Ezekiel Sippel, congratulations on receiving the best moment award. It's a weird name, I know. Um, so. Anything, I mean, we talked about this moment already. We talked about this is the same one where Noah Bratz dumps it off to him after they scored, and he goalie was playing a little up, so, like, just falls in. So, congratulations, Zeke. The next award, the Silent Leader Award, and this award is given out to the player who might not say a few, like, a lot of words, but, like, when, when do they lead by their actions? And that was shown by these three nominees, which it, they were Christian Koth, Ezekiel Sippel, and Jake Young, Ben Young's little brother. The winner of the Silent Leader Award goes to Christian Koth, the senior. Congratulations, Christian, on receiving the Silent Leader Award. I think, I think that's a great pick. You guys agree? The... Yeah, I think that one's pretty fair. I voted that way, so I, I agree with that. Beautiful. I'm glad. It's always good to see the person you vote for receive the award. The next award, the swaggiest player. So this, this award goes to the player who exhibits the most swag. By that, you know, it could be some headbands, some sleeves. You know, just they just they just have that swag to them. And 
The nominees for this award are Ezekiel Sippel, Drew Skyberg, Seth Mangan, Graham Stahl, and Elias Sparks. And the winner of the Swaggiest Player Award goes to Elias Sparks. Congratulations, Elias, on being the Swaggiest Player. I think you in the Snapchat group chat alone won, won this award for yourself. What do you guys think? Um, definitely Swaggy, man. I, I think I think he's just got it to him. When he wears the NLE Choppa shirt to practice, I just <laughs> I feel the swag come off of him. And that, that takes a lot. So congratulations, Elias, on this award. And the next award now is the Best Teammate Award. So this award goes to the player who truly is the best, like acts as the best teammate towards other players and to coaches. And they're just a great person to be around. So the nominees are Chase Wilker, Drew Skyberg, Elias Sparks, Jake Young, Seth Mangan, and Noah Bratz. The winner of the Best Teammate Award goes to Drew Skyberg. I think I voted for you on that one. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And yep. So that would be me. I won the best teammate award. I am honored to receive this award. And you guys were just a, such a great group of guys to be around. And I mean, there's no other place I'd rather be, you know, playing some soccer with you boys. And I kind of felt like the old dog this year as being like one of the only seniors. Plus I was the one who showed up to like most of the games. Some of them can only make it to half and like practices too. I was like the only senior. So it just kind of, it was great. I kind of felt like the old, old guy, like I said, but just, being around you guys was just such a great time this year. And I know Ben th- thought that way too, as coach Ben Susie. And I'm going to really miss you boys next year. So that'll be. The next award we have to give out is best goalie. So this goes to the goalie who performed the best this year. I, I, that's it's best goalie. It's self-explanatory. <laughs> the nominees are Maggie Rissy. Mason Wenzel, Matthew Storm, and Peyton Wallander. So, yeah, Peyton Wallander is included. You guys know practice squad goalie, right? Yeah. You know, it's string. Yeah. And, you know, Noah, you could have brought practice squad goalie too. You you had the skills. Uh, not anymore. I used to be goalie when I was younger, actually. True story. But uh, couldn't do it now, I tell you. Darn. And are you ready for the winner of the best goalie award? Goes to... Mason Wenzel, and I think that's, oh, I think that that's actually, yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think, you know, first year for soccer, I think with his taller frame, you know, he's he was really truly able to like use his body to his advantage, and he was able to deflect passes and he or shots, and he was able to just um have a great year at goalie. I mean, the drop kicks at first he were a struggle, but you know, over time, I think at near the end of the season, he was starting to put together some really good like drop kicks. He was able to throw the ball. At goalie, sometimes instead of like doing the occasional drop kick, which worked out, and I just thought he had overall a great year at goalie. What do you guys think? Yeah, that one was actually that was actually kind of a toss up for me. I mean, Mason, yeah, he's got the bigger frame and everything. First year goalie, I think he really did show a lot of improvement in the start of the season when he did play goalie. He kind of would uh, tell him every once in a while to get those drop kicks higher off the ground, so the other team wouldn't be able to get at him easier. But, I mean, Maggie, I think she, she's played goalie for a few years now. But I thought for sure those – was it three penalty kick saves? I thought for sure those were going to clinch at the spot. 
Yeah, I mean, you could certainly make an argument for Maggie being snubbed. I think, like you said, I think she's fearless. I think that's a good way to describe it. Like she's the sm- she's a smaller, you know, a smaller person. She's a girl, which I mean, that shouldn't make a difference. But like in a co-ed, that's not much co-ed anymore. She's playing against 17, 18 year old guys. And she was able to just hang in there. Fearless, like I said, she would dive at balls. Like and she was aggressive, and she had some really great, great qualities. And I think it, it's going to be great for you guys to have both these, both these candidates back because I mean, all actually, all four nominees are returning next year. So the goalie department is looking great for the Valor's Vikings next year. Maybe um, even got one off on Lupe. I think it was one of the PKs. Yeah, it was Lu, it was Lupe Oscar, and I think that's great. And uh, now good. the next game, best game. So this award is really just a team award. It goes to the best game we played this year. Players voted on what game. There's some nominees. The first nominee is June 5th. It was the first Manitowoc Lutheran. It was the infamous, the Zeke game from half court, the 5-3 comeback behind W. The next nominee is the June 1st, 2021 away game. It was the Tuesday game versus Brilliant. Uh, the 4 nothing dub after they wanted a rematch. We came to Brilliant. We had our so-called D-team, and we won 4 nothing. And the last nominee was the Chilton Massacre. May 22nd at home versus Chilton, 8 nothing dub. And the winner, no surprise here, the Chilton Massacre actually garnished two-thirds of the votes, so 10 votes out of the 15 responses for the Chilton Massacre. And Noah, Graham, I, I think this was a gimme. What do you guys think? Oh, definitely. Definitely think it was a gimme. Like I said earlier, I've never seen uh, such a, a game 8-0 like that. It kind of, you know, it made me, it felt good to be on that victory on that W road, if you will. Yeah, and I, I agree, Graham. Do you think the same? I, think I remember having, I think I got two that game. I know Eric Corona got that hat trick. Elias might have gotten two or three yeah. yeah it was we did good that game yeah and i think so too and i think for eric i think when you have lupe diaz after the game talking to you trying to yeah. get you to join chilton fc you know you made it when you when you're getting asked to join chilton <laughs> fc that's how you know you made it and now into our next award the worst game award this is also a team award it goes to the players what they voted for the worst game that was played this year the nominees the May 5th game, away versus Mantua Lutheran. It's a game that got moved to that Wednesday night. Three three to one loss. A lot of penalties. Older official. Just not a good game. And next one is the May 1st, away versus Chilton. The three to three tie under the lights. And the final nominee is the, the April 24th game, our first game of the year at home versus Brilliant, the four to three loss. This game was also a gimme for the May 5th game. First Mantuak Lutheran, the three to one loss, it had 80% of the votes. So a lot of players had a sour taste after their mouth in this game. And I don't blame them. Just like we, we, we've, we've talked about this game, not a good game. And yeah, um, we're, we're just going to move on from there. We don't want to talk about the worst game. <laughs> we're going to talk about something we want to talk about though. Coach of the year. We got our nominees. <laughs> I'm going to read them. Ben Young, Susie Young, both the head coaches and ball girl, Sydney Young. All the Youngs made it except Jake and the father. But the father was very good at taking photos, so I give him credit. Um, so the coach of the year, winner, Ben Young. 
He almost was the unanimous coach of the year by one vote. He missed out. So congratulations, Ben. Noah, Graham, you guys got anything to say about your coach of the year, Ben Young? You did. Outstanding job. Yeah, I think that just sums it up. I think for a first-year coach coming in, the situation he did with COVID last year and not having a year, I think the way he was able to just, like, get this team together, rally the troops, I'll say it, he he did it. <laughs> it, it was it was incredible. And, Ben, we commend you on your great work. I said I only got a year to be coached by you, but I'm glad these guys get one more. Noah, what do you think about your coach of the year, Ben Young? I mean, I love Ben Young. I've known him since I've been 11, so I've known this guy a long time. Um, it was great. I think my favorite memory with coach young, besides his overall, like fun and fundamentals, you know, like teaching us and having fun, you know, it was pretty balanced. I'd say, I, I think Drew is more qualified to tell this story, but after the Chilton massacre, if I'm not mistaken, that is the one where you dumped a half gallon of water on him provided that, by Chase Wilker. That would be the game. As like, I kind of mentioned, I felt, I kind of felt like the, do- the old dog of the group. And I, I just felt like, you know, I mean, I'm glad, so glad Chase and Luke and whoever got the water. I'm so glad they did. I'm so glad they let me pour the water on. That was such a great experience to dump the coach in some water after the game. Too bad it wasn't Gatorade, but that that was just such a fun game, and it had to be done. When you beat Chilton eight nothing, I've never beat Chilton eight nothing, and let alone a teammate nothing like Noah mentioned. It had to be done, and so glad it happened. And with that, we're gonna move on to the next award. We're starting to get to some good awards, boys. Offensive MVP. So this is going to go to the best player offensively. They really, they're the best passer, scorer, dribbler. It just goes for all the, all of it. And the nominees are Erli Corona Diaz, Ezekiel Sippel, Elias Sparks, Graham Stahl, and Luke Rissi. And the winner, we actually, right now, guys, we have co-offensive MVPs Ezekiel Sippel and Eric Corona Diaz congratulations to Eric Corona Diaz and Ezekiel Ezekiel Sippel uh co-offensive MVPs do you guys think it should be co I mean that's how it was voted Graham Um, I think that's pretty fair yeah I agree with that yeah perfect I'm glad because I think both the both of these young gentlemen they like, I mean, they're juniors and sophomores who won this award, guys, and they're both coming back next year. And I think that's going to be a great addition to this to this Valor's team. I mean, I think Eric Eric's just a phenomenal player. Zeke, like, both of them are have the similar skill sets. They're both elite dribblers. They both have that instant burst of speed. They can go 0 to 100 real quick, and we, we see that. And just they're, just the way their they're accuracy, too, with kicks, I mean – Zeke, Zeke was able to drill him from half court. Eric's, Eric's able to per, kick from long distance. And just having the, them as weapons on your offense as like forwards or midfielders is just so essential to this team. And they were such great big parts of our success near the end of the year with the four-game win streak. So I'm glad they won it. Congratulations, boys. Next, we're going to move on to the defensive MVP. And this goes to the player who exhibited the best talent defensively with just clearing the ball making people miss, just blocking the ball, um, kicking the ball, sometimes players, you know. So this, the nominees then are Avery Koth, Bryce Tolkstorff, Cody Coleman, 
and Drew Skyberg. And the winner of the defensive MVP award was Drew Skyberg, receiving 11 of the 15 votes. And thank you guys. Yeah, so that'd be me. I, I'm i honored to receive the defensive MVP. And it was just like, I played defense all these last four years. And it was just, I don't know, it's just always been good fun playing some high school defense. You know, occasionally we get some penalties, but that happens. But I don't know. Love me some defense. Oh. Noah, you got anything to say about your love for defense? I mean, it felt it was an honor to play alongside Drew and him, like be like Noah. Because I heard I don't want to go back to the game quick, but it was like an honor playing defense and he I heard I heard coach saying, like, whoa, Noah did something type. He didn't say it like that, but you know, it's good when they talk good things about you on the bench and stuff like that. It was just an honor playing with Drew. I think Drew should have won the offense award when you when you went out those couple of times on offense. I don't know. Could have went there too, but it was an it was an honor playing defense with the boys. Yeah, and, and Avery. Graham was play, great, great playing defense with you, too. I know occasionally you play defense at your midfielder spot with me, but, yeah, you like playing defense too, Graham? Maybe next year, some more D? I think I'd give behind some more D, but truly I don't think there is anyone really more fit to receive this award. I mean, the only person that would have probably gotten close to you is Bryce, but just the greatest lockdown defender to ever do it known for making Chilton kids panic, striking fear in the hearts of every citizen of Chilton. It's just, it's really an honor watching you play. Thank you, Graham. I appreciate it. And yeah, when I had my beard going, they did not, they were scared of the beard. I had a couple kids ask me if I was 30, <laughs> really thought I might've been in college, you know, it'll happen. Big whoop, but we're going to move on to the, my favorite award to give out team MVP and this player no matter offense or defense, they, this is the player who made the most impact to our success. And I got some nominees. I'm going to read them. Bryce Tolkstorf, Drew Skyberg, Eric Corona Diaz, Graham Stahl, and Ezekiel Sippel. So this award, guys, like the offensive MVP, we have co-team MVPs. And I want to congratulate Eric Corona Diaz and Ezekiel Sippel on being named the 2021 Lake to Lake soccer for the Valors team. I mean, they should be Lake to Lake soccer overall team MVPs. So congratulations, boys. You guys had great years. I think offensively, I think even defensively, if they threw you guys in there, I think you guys would exceed expectations and do a phenomenal job. And Graham, Noah, you guys got anything to say about your team MVPs? Well, really are our offense would not be the same without those two. You know, they usually ask, they don't ask how, they ask how many, but something about those two just being on the field together. It's really just, it. it's magic is what it is. Yep. Noah, you agree with that? I, I, think that's, I, yeah. I 100% agree. I can't add any more to how true that statement is. And we have one more award to give out. My favorite award. I didn't, I, I just kept this off to the side, kept it on the low, the team punching bag award. <laughs> what this award is, this award goes to the player who really just was on the team punching bag by getting, I just, I, by being the team punching bag. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting emotional. This is quite a great, a prestigious award to give out. And, it's there's one nominee, Cameron Grassi. 
And the reason he was the one nominee, he won this award unanimously, and I'm so proud of him. He was a great team punchy bag throughout this year. By him getting – he liked to take balls to the face, but with, with soccer balls, I mean, in the face. And it was quite – just quite the player. And, you know, he scored a goal this year, and him being the team bungee big just brought us close-knit, as I've mentioned numerous times. And Noah Graham, you got anything to mention about your team bungee big, Cameron Grassi? I don't think there's anyone greater to ever do it, just – the way he doesn't try to get away, it's just – it's perfect. Yeah, I, you have to be there to see it. And, I I mean, there's some videos, but, like, we, we don't do anything. Like, like Grassi doesn't get, like, harassed or anything, you know. It's just <laughs> it's just some good fun and good bonding with the boys. And, you know, sometimes jokingly – joking fights get out. And that's basically what it is to sum it up. And – Grassi was always ended up being the uh, getting the short end of the stick, let's just say. And he was the one who always ended up on the ground. He just like put himself on the <laughs> ground usually. And it's, it, he, he loves it. And it was just some great fun. Noah, you agree with that? You know, Grassi being the team punching bag. Um, for all, I have a lawyer, so I'm not going to comment too much because uh, they advised me not to, but uh, Grassi <laughs> was an honor to, you know, be your punch or, to have you asked by punchy bag as well as the team it was an honor i didn't really do much you know i'm pretty mellow but it was an honor you did really bring the team close together definitely brought the vibe up made it more relaxed it was an honor yeah i think when coach young talks about the vibe i think cameron grassi is the reason i think part of the reason that vibe that that morale just goes up i, I commend you grassi cameron grassi i'll say his name again i think I'm going to miss playing with you, Graham, I think, or not Graham, Cameron. I'm going to miss playing with you too, of course, Graham. But Cameron, you know, you were just such a great, such a great player as a teammate, a friend, and we're all going to miss you. I mean, at least I am because I'll be gone. But I, I'm glad Graham and Noah get one more year to play, to play some soccer with you. And hopefully you take less soccer balls to your face and body when they are thrown at you or kicked at you. I hope you can dodge them better because you are not good at dodging this year. We learn when we play soccer dodgeball, but that is <laughs> what we have for the awards. We wrapped it up with that. And we, I want to talk about next year. Now we're going to talk about next year's team. So like I said, there's only three seniors graduating. So we got a big junior and senior class coming up. Um, I mean, I'll let you guys kind of lead this conversation because you guys will be the seniors and you know, Zeke, hopefully he comes back. Maybe Bryce Tolkstorp comes back. Um, there's some juniors, Cody Coleman, Peyton Wallander, Luke Rissy. I mean, like I said, mentioned you two guys. You got the co-MVP, Eric Corona Diaz coming back, only a junior. Elias, all three goalies. And, yeah, and also, you know, coaches, coach's son, Jake Young. So, you guys want to talk about that the team next year? Graham? No, I'll let you start with this one. All right. Well, I think we're only going to grow. I mean, I know people say that all the time, but after you see success like this, and I know some of the younger kids, I definitely think would join the team. I mean, like the upcoming like eighth year or freshman, or I guess you call them freshmen, or I think we'll just get more people on the team. Um, I, I think Ben even actually might come Um, I've been trying to get that guy to join soccer for years. I find and Wenzel too. I finally got Wenzel in this year. I think I helped him do that. 
and then Ben came to practice one day. He seemed to enjoy it. So we might have another addition, Ben, Ben, even, you know, senior. So I think we just, our team will grow and, you know, people telling people, I think we'll have a pretty good sized team like we had this year. And I think we'll only improve. Hopefully I'll get a goal. Like, you know, you know, it's last game like Christian. So I'll take that. I, I think it, I think the program will overall be good. You know, it's good vibes. Yeah. Graham, you, th- you think well, so think- too? Next year's team, you have you have Zeke, you have Eric, you got Bryce. And I think when you take uh, the most like potential that we have on our team, and you take that, and you make it better next year, because with everybody's improvement as they grow older and progress through their years, and then we might even be able to see. Uh, no one's gonna know this, Lucas Pyle. We might even be able to see him come out of retirement, reminiscent of Ooh. the uh, eighth grade days playing soccer on a tennis court during recess. But yeah, I think we're going to have something really special next year. And we're still looking for that undefeated season. I think if, if it's going to happen, next year might be the time to do it. And I really hope for you guys, I hope that happens. Like I said, I'm going to try to make it to some games. Hopefully I can get to picks with you boys after, you know, and it'll be great. I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, I think I think next year, I think if you want to go undefeated, I think next year is the perfect year to do it. You know, you got a brilliant Schulte, Mantua, Lutheran. You take care of those those three teams. I mean, it's only three teams. You just got to beat them multiple times. I think next year, you know, you guys go for it. I mean, offensive MVP coming back, co-MVPs. Co, co-offensive and co-MVPs are coming back. Um, you got go all three goalies, like we've mentioned. A lot of the award winners are coming back. So I think that's certainly a plus if you look at it in the long run and you got now second year coaches, Ben and Susie young are going to be veterans. Even Sydney young, the ball girl is going to be in her second year being a ball girl. So I think that's just looking at that, like the coaching staff is coming back more experienced and whatnot. I think that's an overall plus Uh, anything else, Graham and Noah, you guys got today. Yeah. On that last topic, I think that COVID year. And I think after that, was just trying to get back on our feet and now we remember how to play the game we remember what we need to work on and what was our strengths I think we can just build on that for next year because now we played last year and we're going to be going on another season this year and I think we'll still be able to carry over our all of our skills and everything and I think we'll just be able to build on that Noah anything else today um I just I really don't have much to say. It's, it really has been fun. I'm going to miss Drew and Christian and all the other seniors. It was, it was really, it really was a great time to play. And I'm just glad I got to experience this. I, it's crazy that Graham and I will be seniors. I never thought about that. I'm not the greatest leader. I admit, you know, I'm getting better at it, like just in personal life, but I feel like as seniors, Graham and I, and some of the other lads will be able to like to steer the team into a better direction too as well with our great second year coaches and ball girl so i think i'm i'm really i'm really pumped for the next season you know we're only out like a week or two but i i'm ready ready for it again and i'm i'm gonna miss playing with you guys too like i said such a great year this was my most enjoyable year of soccer i've ever had and just to wrap things up now i want to just shout noah brats out he's got noah's nonsense it's a great podcast He's doing senior seconds right now. He's going, he's talking to other seniors about their senior year. They're talking about fun things. It goes from band, sports, anything goes on that show. And he's on YouTube, Anchor, Noah's Nonsense. Go find him. We got Graham Stahl here, soccer league pro. 
play him in some Rocket League. He does car soccer. <laughs> he can't drive a car, but he does car soccer. It's funny. I know. <laughs> it's, it's some good fun. Uh, play him in Rocket League. And then, of course, I want to thank Ben Young for being the special guest of this show. Kept him on the low a bit. He did a great job this show. He included his coaching thoughts. And I'm really glad he could come on today. And he was just such a great coach this year. I appreciate him. Coach Young, Coach Susie, and Ball Girl Sydney on their excellent work as the coaching staff this year. And I'm going to certainly miss them as well. So with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.